Welcome to this month's installment of the That's Neat Podcast. This is a new podcast brought to you by the Simple Church Podcast Network. That's Neat is a podcast where you invite uh, various leaders in the church and community to discuss topics in the media and around the world and how they relate to the lives of young Christian men and women. I'm your host, Blake Lawson. I'm the middle school pastor here at the Simple Church, and I'm so pleased to be sitting down in the studio with one of my best buddies, my brother-in-arms, the Swole Patrol captain, the uh, surfing samurai. I don't know. Surfing samurai. This is Caleb Quack. <laughs> there you go. That's a dolphin air horn, I think. Cool. So, Caleb, I brought you in today. I wanted to get your... Uh, views on Gen Z and the future of the church, uh, as as well as announcing officially on the podcast a uh, pretty big thing that might be happening in the future of the Simple Church. But first, I wanted to get your uh, happening? your history with the Simple Church, what you do now for the church, and uh, a fact about you that people might not know. Okay, well, hi guys. How's it going? Um, how long have I been at the church? <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> I've been here like uh, we. You got here like about four months before I did. Or six yeah, so I'm gonna be four years in August. You were like, what was it, February of 2020 when you got here? No, I graduated December of 19. Okay, so I think like, and I started here, what a month, uh, a week afterwards. Okay. <coughs> so, so was it January? 19, no, December of. December of 19, so how many years is that? Almost four that's years? That's almost four years, yeah. Wow, that's <coughs> crazy, dude. That's weird. It's weird, dude. And we started like almost the exact same time, and uh, I'll go ahead and tell people this. Uh, a lot of people listening know that I moved from Hawaii uh, to Louisiana, which was a bit of a culture shock, you know. You can think what you will about it, but I grew up like pretty much solely around Asian people. I was like the minority in Hawaii was my family was like the only white family that people knew. And uh for better or for worse, when I moved over here, one of the first things I noticed was like every room that I was in is like, dang, there's so many white people, bro. Like so many white people. And uh so many. I was still yeah, it's still like kind of shocking. But uh when I was still an intern right at the beginning and they're like, yeah, we're we're interviewing this guy named caleb quok i was like quok dude that guy's not from texas man (laughs) yeah and then almost four years later yeah my boy the first time i met you we were at uh that mexican restaurant next to dirt cheap what is that called uh cantina uh silver star cantina No, no 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 it was at that the little jankier one oh the one el himador Himador. Yeah, yeah 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 And we showed up wearing the exact same thing. Like yeah. a jean jacket, a tight pair of skinny jeans, <laughs> yeah. a t-shirt, and something else. And I was like, okay, this guy, this guy knows what he's talking about. <laughs> that was the, that's all you need to do to win in Caleb's mind is uh, think about your outfit for longer than like 20 seconds. Yeah, but now he's like a fashionista. You're like, you're Me? a fashionista than I am now. What do you mean? Dude, I wear shorts and t-shirt to go to work and you wear like... I don't know, stuff that you found on <laughs> freaking Goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, dude? Yeah, Goodwill is, a, if you want to dress like a middle school pastor. Like Blake, go to Goodwill. <laughs> just wear like Kyle Larson NASCAR shirts and be like, yeah, this is cool. And people will say it's cool. Yeah. Like yesterday I was wearing an Ozzy Osbourne shirt and everybody was like, that's awesome. Yeah, I just, I just stopped caring what I wear now. It doesn't matter, man. <laughs> Well, like, we work at we work in. with a bunch of like middle aged Southern Baptists. Like we don't have to do much to stand out. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but so it's been a lot of fun. Our uh, I feel like our friendship has kind of changed courses a lot. Like in the very beginning, all we wanted to do was play frisbee golf. You remember this era? <laughs> like every day of the week, we just wanted to play frisbee golf and go to Clyde Fant. And uh, spend all of our money on yeah. different discs and putters. Like and we would go every single day to Oh, shop. yeah. Dude, it was that crazy. Was <laughs> we brought our, like, hammocks that we could hang between the trees and our little backpacks with <laughs> frisbees. <laughs> what? And it was the jam. Yeah, that was but, the uh, And then, but then what else have we done? <laughs> yeah, and then COVID happened, and then they let it grow to, like... they were like, okay, we can't do that. Either. A Vietnam level of forest and, like tall weeds and like waist high grass it was crazy right 
Yeah, but it's it's back now. Yeah. So we've been we've been here for a while now. We have. So when I first uh, got here, I was like, I'm gonna be here for no more than three years. But here I am. That was my plan. Yeah. And now you're engaged. You've got Liv, your awesome girl, your uh, fiance. Yeah. And that's awesome. And uh, it's cool, yeah. dude. It's been a fun yeah, ride. It's been a fun ride. Yeah, I was only planning on being here for a year. I was going to do an internship here while I figured out what <laughs> yeah, I wanted to do with my degree. Justin's daughter. I mean, that changed everything. <laughs> I guess our paths have been sort of parallel in that way, huh? Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. But uh, everybody knows you moved from Hong Kong to like to Lake Charles, right? Lake Jackson. To Lake Jackson. That's right. I corrected you. I yeah. Corrected you on here. On the little thing. The Dang, little it list. didn't. It didn't correct <laughs> I saw Lake Charles. I'm not on Wi-Fi. But uh, so, what brings you to Hong Kong, to Lake Jackson, to Shreveport? How did that kind of path go? Uh, well, you know, I came here back in 2013 uh, as a 15-year-old who doesn't really know how, a whole lot of American culture, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then I went to school. I went through high school in Lake Jackson for three years. Uh, stayed with uh, two host family in the meantime, and then graduated from that high school. And so I was looking for a college. I didn't know where I wanted to go. I applied for, to like four different schools in Texas. Uh, I applied to DBU, Baylor, uh, UMHB, A&M. So I think I got into all of them. I just didn't feel like paying the tuition. Yeah. <laughs> so we uh, decided that I'm going to go to a junior college and a little small town called Jacksonville, Texas, mm-hmm. in East Texas. And that's where I started to head up north from, like, South Texas. So I got through two years of JUCO there. Uh, and then I, uh, gra- after I graduated there, uh, there I, I went to ETBU. And that's when, uh, if you know John Vance, yeah, uh, he and I worked there, uh, at, at ETBU for a little bit together. Uh, he was like the technical director there at the time, and um, we just worked pretty close together. And so Chip was looking for somebody. John got connected with Chip, and then Chip reached out to me. I was like, hey, man, this is like near Christmas time. He was like, hey, can you do something for us, uh, like animation-wise? And I was like, uh, okay, yeah, sure. At the time, I was deciding if I was going to go to Disney or not. Yeah, I remember Cause I, that. Yeah, because I was going to go to Disney and do their uh, college program. Yeah. But thank God I didn't do that because I would have, I don't know where I would have been. On the other side of staff meeting, it's kind of funny because I was just the intern, but they uh, kind of gave me special privilege since I moved away from Hawaii to do like missions work in middle school, like help. And we were sitting in the staff meeting and talking about you and they were like, well, his choices are move to Shreveport or go to Disney. So we're probably going to have to keep looking. <laughs> and we just got lucky, man. But I wanted to say the Vances are a really cool family. John uh, helps out backstage all the time. Very, very knowledgeable in, like, uh, AV work and editing and, like, really just anything, you know, production-wise. Very he works at Hurricane Alley now uh, with Ian Hagler, who's, you know, awesome, friend of the podcast. Uh, Elizabeth works, SK, upstairs, his wife, and uh, Will is up there. And just awesome family, awesome family. And we have to forget about Aiden. Come on now. Yeah, or uh, Emily. Yeah, we're Emily. Yeah. Yeah. They're just all around great family, and uh, we have to thank them for bringing my boy to Louisiana, or else it would have been pretty weird. Yep, it would be. But so a fun fact that nobody really know about me, I guess. Um, Can't really think of one. (laughs) You can't think of one. I can think of one, dude. I can think of multiple. So people don't know about me. Yeah, I didn't know this, but I feel like I'm pretty transparent. Like of my personal. Yeah, you're an open book, but <laughs> there's some stuff like I didn't know you'd never seen a John Wick movie until Easter, which oh, yeah, is just disgusting and abhorrent, if you ask me. I will say there's a lot of movies that I have not watched, uh, including a lot of Disney Channel movies that I'm slowly getting to. Well, that's not fair. You, you had, you know, 15 years less than most I've people. I've never here. watched Boys Me. Uh, Boy Meets World. Me neither. I've never watched Hannah Montana. Me neither. I've never watched, you know, just a bunch of other, like, good old classics. Disney Classic Channel. Disney stuff. Yeah. I mean, Have I you ever seen uh, Mighty Ducks? Nope. Ne- well, okay, that's a, that's one you got to hit. 
Have you ever seen uh, Airbud? I don't think that's Disney, nope. but you never seen Airbud? Oh wait, is that the dog? That's the, the dog retriever? that plays like basketball. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's I a good have, one. I have seen like clips of it. I'm trying to think. What's like an important Disney movie? Uh, I've seen High School Musical. I grew up on that. I've never seen. That's my biggest one. I've never seen <laughs> any seen High School, school musicals. musicals. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That's part of the reason why I'm here too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. But uh, as soon as I hit like 18, they're like, you've never seen high school? Because whenever you do like you were, youth stuff. You, dude, you were in the theater crowd. How, yeah. how did you not watch that yeah. growing up? Well, even friends I was talking to back then, they couldn't believe. They're like, we got to get you to see it. And it's like, I've made it this far at this point. I'm going to make it a point. I never see them. It's not important to me. That surprises me because yeah. you're in that crowd. Well, the only time it was annoying is whenever you go to like, at least back in the day growing up. I don't think it's a thing anymore. I think now they probably friggin' like Gen Z watches like Dog with the Blog or whatever, uh, or like whatever Disney <laughs> Channel is doing. That's a real show, dude. What? Yeah, that was like the last one before I aged out. Look that up while we're. Um, I feel like I'm like aging out of stuff. I don't know what's going on anymore. I didn't know Jake Paul was in a Disney show until like a couple years ago. Do you know that? It was called Bizarre like Varks. When he was younger? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I didn't know about that. Him and Logan, I think they were both. I don't know if Logan was. I think he was just on Vine, which I did watch. Weren't they on um, Nickelodeon too? Or no? uh, I don't know. I don't know. All of those stars kind of just turned out weird a little bit. So. Yeah. Well, now Jake Paul is like... Jake Paul is like a fighter. Boxing for real. Yeah. UFC and boxing prospects, which is insane. Like I, think, I think we've hit a point of aging out of things. Like, we're not cool anymore. Dude, I've got to stay on top of it because the middle schoolers <laughs> will roast me if I don't. But uh, <laughs> I just stopped caring. No, I, I I don't care, but at the same time, like, I do care. <laughs> like, I don't want to be like... Because... Uh, I'm trying to think. They just, like, say YouTube stuff. that, And they're... First of all, I don't know how Minecraft has survived from, like pop culture in Dude, our yeah. generation to now that is pretty insane they came, it's came crazy out, what, 2008 seven i think yeah. yeah i remember playing it on my like block computer yeah i was like that is so cool i had the like light version on my mom's ipad yeah yeah i had to i had to sneak i remember like at night when i was still in hong kong this is when i was still in hong kong so like when i was really young yeah in middle school i would like stay up at night and try to sneak into my com- my, our computer room and just play without my mom noticing yeah and like <laughs> if my mom wakes up in the middle of the night i would just pretend that i'm asleep like in front of the computer <laughs> yeah i've had, i did something similar uh i remember my cousins they're not really my cousins but my like mom's best friend her and her uh sons would come stay with us at some points like growing up and i remember when we were in florida so i was like fourth grade and fifth grade uh they showed me roblox for the first time you know Roblox. See, right? I don't understand that game. You don't? No, I do not understand that. It's game. like Minecraft, but people design the actual levels, and so yeah, it's just like it just feels like I'm in a Kanye West music video. Yeah, that's kind of cool though. You don't <laughs> like that? That'd be cool. I mean, maybe not nowadays. It, it'd be. Uh, I will say Roblox. They are, are, are they're creating like a FPS game, like a first-person shooter game. Really? No, there's a lot. You, like that's, anybody. That's crazy. Like a 16-year-old can put together yeah. like Call of Duty and Roblox. So Which that's what I was cool, into. I yeah. And I was really into this one where uh, it was like an FPS, but you were Transformers characters. <laughs> it was so cool. And uh, there's this one guy that had like a rust gun. And if you shot somebody's arm or leg or whatever, they, they would fall off and they'd be running at you. And if you shot their gun, they wouldn't be able to have a gun. So you could do whatever you wanted to them. And it was oh, like interesting. Transformers. And then uh, I stayed up one night. And, dude, kids have no concept of time when it's, like, game time. Oh, yeah. And so I played, like, throughout the night. It was I didn't have a computer. I didn't have a phone, whatever. Uh, we had, like, a PlayStation 2 gaming uh-huh. console. And the only way to play it was, like, on my dad's work computer. Uh-huh. And so I'd stay up till, like, midnight to wait till he went to sleep. And then I'd, like, wait till, like, 1230 to make sure he was, like, I'm totally good. And then one night I remember I played until... He got up at like 5.30 in the morning, and I was like, oh, my <laughs> gosh. And he was like, did you get up early? And I was like, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I wanted to play video games before school. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, it's daytime. (laughs) Have you ever had one of those? Yeah, I have. I mean, remember we used to play in the office? Yeah. We would like have our LAN party in the office in the middle of the night. That was so much fun, man. (laughs) We would just stay there until like four o'clock and be like, well, I guess it's It was insane. Like, yeah, Thursday nights we would would just- Yeah, that uh, was our bachelor days. Because we don't work on Fridays. Yeah. That's why we were able to do this. This is a a uh, this is a nice well, little we're we're dating Friday ourselves. Afternoon. Yeah, this is coming out on Monday, but we're doing this Friday afternoon. We got the workout in. We got Denny's, dude. So uh, also, yeah. here's a uh, public announcement. If you haven't gotten the what was it, a Super Slam? Super Slam, dude. That plate. It's a Denny's. Was, yeah, Denny's piled of food. Yeah, like two sausages, two bacon. Pancakes, hash browns, eggs, only for seven ninety nine. It was good, dude. And you got <laughs> your like, coffee. Brought it out to like eleven bucks. Yeah. What was it? Twelve bucks. Twelve bucks. Yeah, it was a lot of food for not a lot of money. No, dude. Denny's. Shout out Denny's. Denny's. Official sponsor go? of the podcast. That's neat. <laughs> what up, neat freaks? Neat freaks. <laughs> I need to call uh, listener of the podcast. You guys are now dubbed neat freaks. Neat if you freaks. like that, comment in the show notes. If not, uh, change it up. Yeah. <laughs> or just find me on Sunday. What should I? What should you guys be called? I don't know. Anyways, so all that to be said, uh, I wanted to talk to you today, Caleb, because uh, there's some big stuff happening in the future of the church and um, kind of coming to terms on how to deal with that. We've been uh, both involved in this sort of leadership class with several other members of the staff. Uh, we meet on Wednesday mornings at like 1030 and uh, we listen to like a devotional series kind of thing. And then we answer like group questions together to kind of figure out how we work as a staff and uh, what we can contribute to the team. It's just like a team building exercise kind of life group for church leaders deal. Mm-hmm. It's by uh, Carrie Newoff, our Tiny Eyes leader. Uh, he's a fantastic Christian, uh, great author, great speaker. But man, I, I realized that guy's got such tiny little eyes. He's got like little mole eyes. And which who's the co-host? Mark Clark. <laughs> he uh, talks like this. The coolest time. bro in all of Canada. <laughs> Mark Clark. But uh, it's called the Art of Leadership Academy. And they ask some really, really healthy questions. And uh, several they present kind of several obstacles that the church faces going forward in what they call a post-Christian age. And uh, one of the most impactful things that they said uh, in my eyes, is they said that the culture we're bringing Christ into today isn't like, for lack of a better term, like a virgin culture anymore, but it's like a divorced one. So a lot of people, uh, people have been hurt by the church. They feel ostracized by religious people and their families. And uh, and that kind of brought forth the point. It was like, instead of, you know, feeling welcomed and like loved no matter what and bring your differences, bring whatever, mm. bring your past, whatever, it, it feels like people are being pushed away by the church and we have to fight through that. And, uh, something still hungers in the light for, uh, for the light of God in those people's lives, but they don't trust the church anymore. So we have to win them back. That's the kind of the whole thing. And I was kind of wondering what your take on the modern church is like, what are the opportunities? Where are the players and what can we do to bring people back who feel like they've been ostracized by the church? I think a lot of people that are, not going to church are people that either have been hurt by the church, like you said, yeah, or they've had some sort of uh, traumatic experience with a church member or uh, a church staff. And I think <clears throat> as a modern church, I think we need to do better at like actually meeting people where they're at instead of saying, hey, just come here and uh, be like us. Yeah. You know, like a lot of it has to do with um, just being like Jesus, how he was to the people that, you know, couldn't get to, for lack of a better terms, get to his level. Yeah. Like they, Jesus met them at their level. And mm-hmm. so like a modern church, I think that's what we should do as a, as members and, and as staff. Yeah. Really. I mean, because, I mean, we are leaders of the people, whether you're on staff or not, you know, you have your circle of friends that uh, your actions and your words will affect them. Uh, And so just in any ways, just be kind. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I think. Is that that what you (laughs) is that what you know? That's good. Yeah, I think it's like instead of I feel like church, when you treat it like a business 
and you only preach the things that the main contributors are going to be looking for. Right. You know, you back up like, you know, the tithe messages are important, and then like we don't like the people that you don't like, and we do go for the things that you want. We're going to build your stadium. We're going to do this event. Like whatever you want, we'll make it happen. It, when right. you treat a church like an event planning organization yeah. or a business then you start getting focused on your mission instead of the mission, which mm-hmm. is to go out and be, you know, fishers of men and all that. Yep. Well, and uh, I think as, you know, you and I are the youngest people on staff, and then it's Jonah who's like, what, three months older than you, I think? Because you're January, you're January, and he's April. It's almost like exactly three months, right? Something like that. So I don't remember. It's us three. We're we're <laughs> Yeah, we're definitely under 30, so. Yeah. Well, I'm like, even I'm, I'm like really the baby because you are 25. I'm 25. John's and I'm 26. 22, and then it's Evan who's pretty much going to be in a wheelchair drinking steak through a straw pretty soon. You know, <laughs> no, that's not true. Evan, He'll you're good. There. Yeah. Everybody listening, if you don't know this, Evan actually already has dentures. He puts his teeth in a cup at night. Go ask him Every when you see him on Sundays. Yeah. It's true. He's got that George Washington special, bro. <laughs> but. uh we're the youngest dudes on staff, so a lot of our job is to listen and glean and um, kind of take wisdom from the members of the staff who have been there longer, who've done things longer. But it's also, we've got this unique opportunity to present yeah, what's going on yeah, with people our age and what it looks like. So, in your opinion, looking at other people our age, our other Gen Zers out there, how is our generation receiving Christ? Um, I think they were very, I mean, I would say some are slowly turning around. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are searching for something that they've been searching somewhere else. They haven't been fully understanding what they're searching for. And I think some people are slowly to come around and trying to figure out, okay, well, this thing that I've been looking for is not really what I've been looking for. And so they are slowly and coming to terms with uh, the fact that they are um, seeking an unconditional type of love that only Jesus can provide. Yeah. And um, but there's also people that are like critics and people that don't believe and don't want to believe. And so I I think it's very divided at at this point, but. You know, people are slowly coming to terms, and I think, I don't know if you're familiar with the term, um, deconstruction. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big thing. Yeah, it's a big thing right now for Gen Zers or people that are younger than that. Like, they're deconstructing the the old faith, as as they say. And, And so, you know, there's... People that are, that are doing that, there are people that are confused. And so I think we just have a mix of people that are searching for something that they haven't found yet. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, as a player in this arena, we need to do a better job of showing people, like, hey, we don't want you to be, like, uh, this saint over here. Or we don't want to be a Pharisee. It's pretty much right. what it is. Like, if you don't know what a Pharisee is. Look it up on the Bible. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> like, we don't, we don't want to be somebody who's hypocritical and somebody that... Like a say, false prophet yeah, kind of thing. Somebody say that, um, you know, I love you, but, you know, you got to do a little here and there, you know, like, you got to be like me, you got to be like that person, you got to be like whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to be a little bit more transparent as far as, far as like, uh, who we are and... Um, I think you're right. I think it's exactly like, uh, I think a big thing is that we just need to find new ways to represent evidence of like what Christ has actually done in our lives and why there's actually a point to coming to church and being a part of that community and to whatever capacity. Like, I think a lot of times we get so bogged down in looking for the fruit of like, you know, okay, I got to invest in this person and invest in this person. And if I don't see anything, then whatever. I guess, like, they're unreachable and I just lose. But we get so, like, don't worry about the water schedule. Like, just worry about the fruit that the effort provides. And um, 
I think everybody's reachable. And I think on a certain level, every human being, because you're right, deconstruction is a huge thing right now. And it's like looking at faith and Christianity and whatever people grew up with and like adopted from their parents or grandparents or whoever and saying how much of this is like actually it's applies my faith to so, my life. Yeah. yeah. And what can this do for me? It's yeah. a lot of like inward focused. Um, I feel like also too like the, the older generation or the older church, as you will, they, it seems to me that they're focusing more and more on religion Yes. Yeah. Then yeah. your actual faith and your walk with Jesus and your personal relationship with Jesus, because I mean, honestly, this is what it's all about, mm-hmm. right? Like you are trying to develop a personal relationship with Christ, who you don't have to honestly, you don't have to do anything, and and just to accept Him and believe in Him, and that way you are saved but a lot of the older church are like oh you have to do this you can't do this you had to do this you can't do this yeah and so like they focus they they focus on so much of the the logistic side of things and that's why i say like i think the modern church needs to be somebody who's more like jesus and less like the pharisee and the older church has slow you know and i think in the beginning they they meant well Mm mm-hmm but slowly they've turned into like, okay, well, it's more religion than relationship or people or like, you know. So, and, and like you said, um, we just need to be a little bit better of understanding how where people came from and like meeting them where they're at. Yeah. I think, I mean, if you want to... The root of the words Christian literally means just to walk like Christ, to follow Christ. And uh, I wanted to bring up a statistic, a statistic before we kind of get into the weeds on this, but um, this is a crazy one. Uh, it's from Barna, and I heard it brought up at a youth summit that me and Jonah, the high school pastor, went to uh, like last week. And it was, they do, like Barna is an organization, it's a group that does like polls research and reports a lot of interesting studies in the sort of societal ebbs and flows and statistic of Christian groups. And uh, they released a a statistic, I can't say that word today. Statistic. Yeah. Statistic. (laughs) They said that a Gen Z at 72 million people in just just America makes up 27% of America's total population, the biggest generation group in the history of America, like a lot, a lot of people. And of that 72 million Gen Zers, less than 30% of them are religious at all. That's the least religious generation of uh, American history, like Christians. And less than 20% of Gen Z says attending church is important to them, which is pretty sad. Mm-hmm. Like, that's an additional, like, 10% over the religious at all that just say, like, yeah, it, I mean, doesn't really apply to me. Yeah. And I think where you and I are both coming from, the things that we see is that Gen Z is this this huge independent generation uh, digital natives. We came up with social media. We came up all like on the the I don't think edge. We came up with it, but we <laughs> didn't. But we were like we grew up with it. We grew up, and I think it hit us at just the right time. Like I worry about kids nowadays. Uh, Brian Reed always gives kids a hard time. Uh, he's our like one of our care pastors. He's like. Go outside, throw rocks at a sign, do like <laughs> young people stuff, ride a bike in the woods, like get, you know, chased by murderers. By yeah. <laughs> but go get bit by a snake, like drink out of a hose. But I think you and I, we like were the last generation to really ever have that part of our life. And sure, we had the, uh, you know, sit inside and play Halo uh, part of growing up, but a lot of it was being able to grow up face to face with our friends and like go to the stupid neighborhood stuff. And, um, I think it's hard for this generation of digital natives that came up on social media, like they're independent learners because they can consume whatever, whenever. And they, a lot of that's good because this generation stands for diversity and inclusivity and, uh, living your own truth, which is, you know, good to a certain point. (laughs) But, one way or another, this has all skewed young people's view of the church that the church as a whole stands for exactly the opposite of that, that right. it's not inclusive, it's not diverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to comp- you have to conform to this right. kind of this perfect golden family yeah. that looks the same way across the board. And yeah. 
and that's they, why and yeah yeah and that's why i think like our church has done a I'm not saying that we're doing a supreme job but like i think we're doing a, a good job i to, think we are doing a good job you know accepting people from where they are um like we don't have a certain standard of hey you got to come in and dress in like nice suits and tie yeah and like you have to come in a dress and you can't wear a hat in the sanctuary. Oh my gosh. That's like the biggest thing when I was in college. Yeah. Cause I went to a small Christian college. Actually I went to two Christian college. Yeah. And the biggest thing is that you can't wear hats in the sanctuary. I like always <laughs> wear hats. I would <laughs> like, be kicked out. What? Why? There's no explanation at all. And that's, I think that's why like people are turning away from church and, turning away it's because they don't like they view the top of your head this is like an old i think it might even be like jewish they see the top of your head as being like connected and receptive to god like an antenna or something <laughs> and so covering it up is like you're cutting yourself off it sounds silly but i think that's i'm probably wrong on that you know yeah google no, it and yeah <laughs> correct me on sunday but but i, I think, think it's something like people that. are more turned off by that because of the, all the restrictions and rules that you have to follow to become a christ follower yeah and and that's why like Gen Zs are not coming into church because they're like, oh, you can't. Why why are you putting something on me that I don't really want to do? Right. You know, like I don't want to. <laughs> I want to wear a hat whenever I want. Yeah. Whenever I want. Like I don't want to take it off. My hair is messy this morning. Right. Like, yeah. Exactly. Like and nothing I can How do. much is that? Does that? Does Jesus like actual actually like care about? Yeah. Like, Jesus never. Wrote that rule? Yeah, he never said that you can't wear a hat when you're going to yeah a chapel service or like come to church. Like wear a hat. But also look at the group that Jesus was rolling with. Like he was, he had his pack of boys. Yeah, like the he was disciples, the misfits. Yeah, yeah, the disciples were there to always like, you know, it's like a home base. Like this yeah. is what we're fighting for. Yeah. But then every day of the week he was out there with you know the outcasts of society, like on the people, people on the margins of society. Right. And, um, I see like Gen Z, there are so many misfits like that, that we get to reach out to and pursue. And we have to turn them away from seeing churches, this divisive, you know, money grabbing corporation who want to preach doctrine at you and then tell you that if you're not down, you and your friends are all going to go to hell. And also here comes the chicken bucket. So, you know, here we right, go. Right. It's it's it's. I see how it would be gross if you didn't come up like not stigmatized towards the faith. Right, right, yeah. And uh, I think we're a lot of amazing, fantastic churches. They they push this good agenda, and I think we're doing a good job of that. Um, but there's going to have to be more before we are able to actually flip that stigma because yeah. it's stigmas are hard to turn around. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I think faith is something that you need to be experience personally you can't just shove it down somebody's throat right and, and you can't make it off of somebody else's faith yeah. and yeah. i think that's a lot of uh, gen c's how they view is that you can't shove it down my throat yeah and i and they are searching for something they just don't know what they're looking for yeah but once once they discover that like once they has like once they've experienced that i think you know it'll turn around well i think it's just funny that uh it just shows you how powerful inclusivity and like welcoming like a welcome mat can be mm-hmm. because how big are the stupid zodiac things right now like everybody's like oh my god you're a libra i'm a gemini that's crazy we're compatible <laughs> dude i'm a third moon do waning they still talk about that yeah I dude am so like behind no I, like if you watch i'm like i'm like in between a gen z and the millennial if you watch any youtube videos where there's like people in their early 20s and like younger or a little bit older they're all talking about like oh my god i'm a libra third moon rising like i don't know what any of it means um (laughs) me neither dude i know i'm an aquarius because you know if you're gonna talk against you gotta at least know what you are (laughs) but uh i think you're right in that a lot of like okay don't get me wrong everybody like don't hate on me i think churches need to focus on transformation inside of churches and not just information yes transformation in the people actually benefiting them making them better members of society to each other to their spouses to their kids to their friends and actually going out and not just being like fed a line of consciousness right 
about stories that happened 2000 years ago and the Bible stories, like they're so, so important. Information is vital because if you're acting, you need to know why you're acting. You need to know why is God calling me to do this? And then, uh, how do I actually do it? Mm -hmm. But then the process of actually going to do stuff with the information you've gotten is so much more important. Like I thought about it this way last night and this might be just like a, a NyQuil thought, but, uh, you can buy a sofa from Ikea, but if you never use the instructions to put it together, then you've got nowhere to sit. Like you miss the whole point of the instructions. Yeah. If you're like, oh, cow, like that's crazy. Now I know how a Swedish man would build a sofa, but you never <laughs> do it. It's like, you just got that floating around your brain. There's nothing right. to do. But, um, I don't know. What do you think about that? The whole transformation versus information thing. Uh, I mean, like I said earlier, it was, I mean, it's an, it's an experience. You can't take yeah. experience out of faith. If you've never experienced something, then you don't really, you know, you can't really say that I've done it. You yeah. Know? And so, yeah, I mean, and I think also it comes down to a personal relationship. Yeah. You can preach all you want, but one thing that I appreciate about our pastor Justin is that he actually acts on it. Yeah. He goes, he's the first one to get his hands dirty. Yeah. He, I mean, he goes, he's a chaplain for the fire departments and he devotes his life to it now. (laughs) Like, yeah, he's not just saying on the, on the, on the stage, Hey, you gotta do this. You gotta do this. And drive his Lamborghini home. Right. He's like, he does, he does it. it. He, and he brings like extra donuts that we have on Sundays to like fire stations or like anything that we have extra to just show love to other people that don't know Christ. Right. And don't know, you know, the love of Jesus. And he is out there doing it. And yeah. I think our church is very, um, again, like we're not perfect and we have a lot of flaws, but in the same time, we're doing a very good job showing our, I don't want to say members are uh, people that come to our church, the church. Yeah. Come. Yeah. The church that, you know, it's not about an algorithm, You're right? Not just a number. You're somebody that we actually care about. We want to know about you. We want to care about you. We want to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, like kind of pay it forward in a way. Right. Um, and so, that's how you transform somebody's lives. It's not just saying, hey, read this verse, read this verse. Um, have you memorized like verse, you know, John three sixteen? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's something that, you know, when you got, when you get shown, you immediately understand it. I think something that we do very well, the thing I would probably pride us on the most is, and this might not be for everybody, like a lot of people this is where I think people can get unhealthy in church, okay? I think that there are a lot of long-term Christians who still expect guest privileges. Like, this is not about a, you know, theater song and dance where you show up and we've got nice AC and you get to see your buddies and you get coffee and a donut and then you're on your way. Get to listen to cool music, get to listen to a funny guy tell you uh, a really good message and then show you some videos and you feel better about yourself. That's cool. That's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. And I think where Simple Church is able to do some good is that it's like a cyclical, paradoxical. The people that uh, benefit from the church are the church, and they also make the church happen. Mm-hmm. So something that's cool about the convention center, uh, it is definitely frustrating at times, but it's been home for a while because we're able to with as many volunteers as we have, like what, like 600, 700 volunteers. I think it was something crazy on like a weekly basis too. on a weekly basis, but put the thing together from absolutely nothing, like an empty series of exhibit halls. They make it happen. And then they're like, you have so much more ownership in the church because you put it together with your own hands. Right. And then you do it and you perform it. And it's just amazing. And yeah. you are the church and you literally make the church happen every single week mm-hmm. and uh then not only that then the message is about like okay this is cool this is what the bible says about this week we're going to be like loving your neighbor and taking care of the people right. that take up care of us and um they're like cool and the message is okay we're gonna go you know love on nurses and take stuff to nurses mm-hmm. and then 
everybody in Shreveport like knows us and like it's like oh my gosh the simple church like y'all are the people that came over here and da da da. It's just it's it's so yeah. great. Every week is it's it's a challenge and it should be. Yeah. Every week, whenever if you if you come to church and you don't feel challenged, then I don't think you're going to the right church. <laughs> right. Because every week, I mean, Jesus challenges. He challenges us all the time. Right. And honestly, that's, I mean, that's what following Christ is about, is being challenged, going out of our comfort zone. Right. Going to do something that you don't normally want to do, or like normally that you would do. Yeah. You know, it's, <clears throat> and and the reason of that is not because of fear. It's not because of you're told to or like there's a rule saying that you have to do this right it's because you're challenged by the love that you've been shown by jesus and so you are challenged to go show that love to somebody else and let them know tell them about the good news as cliche as it is i mean you want to share with somebody what you've experienced right and so and the reason why we have so many volunteers is because like you said, they have ownership. This is a church. Church is not about a building. It's not about what you get out of it. Church is about what you can give into it. Right. And what you can give into the community and what you can give into other people. Right. You know, so. And I think that's cool, especially like, you know, I'm the middle school pastor. This is kind of in the realm of, you know, this podcast is meant for everybody, but it's like specifically meant for middle school parents and leaders and kind of just to inform them and encourage them and lift them up and, uh, entertain them if we can. (laughs) And, uh, I think there's something, there's a lot of entertainment here. Yeah. I think something important about, um, that giving back and reciprocal kind of, uh, give and then give from like, it's a circle of life. It is. It really is like a circle of life kind of deal. It's important, especially for students, because stu- middle school, they're crazy. Like, a sixth grader <laughs> is a crazy person. But then over three years, you get to love on them and feed into them and, like, take them out to lunch and bring them to events and laugh with them and cry with mm-hmm. them. And then by the time they're in ninth grade, it's like this little person that you've helped go alongside this whole, like, three-year journey. And then they go to Jonah, and they're like, what can I do? What can I do? Right, I'm like, right. dang, man. Like, <laughs> I had you when you were crazy and I fed into you and now you're like a model <laughs> citizen. But, and I'm totally joking, but it is funny. Uh, the burden of middle school. If you're a middle school parent or a teacher or a leader, God bless you. Like, y'all are crazy. Y'all know you're all crazy. I love you with all my heart, but it's insane. But if you don't, if you just have students show up to this fun thing and you play music, and then you play a game, and then they leave without actually taking anything into their heart, or without, like, you know, burying this message into their lives of, like, giving back to something. By the time they finish high school, why would they care about coming back? Right. They got to see the song and dance. They got to see the whole deal. It's not about, like, going to a show and being like, that was really fun. Like, you want it to be fun, but if the takeaway message isn't dang dude i'm a part of this i have to it serves a purpose it definitely serves a purpose and if you don't do your duty as a middle school pastor and as a high school pastor then you might be losing people you want to make students eventually like golden members of society yeah yeah and i I, and i respect it honestly i was a middle school intern you know yeah in one summer when I was in college, and man, I cannot do it. I, just, <laughs> I cannot do it. <laughs> it's all right. It's not for everybody. <laughs> yeah, it, that's why I sit in front of the computer all day. But you got to remember, dude, you were a middle school student at one point, too. Yeah, in Hong Kong. You were. And I somebody know. had to love on you, or else know. you may have been like, well, frick <laughs> church then, man. Right. If somebody's going to just like yeah. hound on me and be mean to me and not be nice to me, and, right. you know, then you're not going to come back. Yeah. So, everybody, thank you so much for listening this far. Actually, to thank you for listening to the end of the podcast and to uh, kind of wrap it up with a big announcement, we have breaking news. Oh! <laughs> Yo! Da-da-da. So, the Simple Church 
has the gigantic opportunity to potentially be moving to the Louisiana Boardwalk. <laughs> oh! <laughs> RIP headphone users. Anyways, so... Nothing is set in stone, but we've been looking into building costs, creating designs, and asking God about this whole deal for a while. And honestly, there's a very real possibility that if we get the money raised, uh, we might be relocating to the boardwalk. We're talking about the whole church first, and then it's it, it could be crazy. And people are already... Uh, We're super pumped about it. We're super pumped about it. We've been planning it and like praying about it and talking about it and... Mm-hmm. You know, going over the logistics for the past few months, and nothing is set in stone, but it could it could be really cool, man. What do you what do you think about this whole boardwalk dude thing? It's going to provide a lot of opportunities, I think. Uh, as yeah. Far as like during the week, if you want to do something there, or like you know. Yeah. A lot of a lot of good opportunities for like students and. Oh my gosh! I'm so excited. You know, like so. Um, <laughs> I'm more excited because it's going to give me the space to film. So there's. That. Yes. <laughs> yes. A set location. The office is amazing, but like it's 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 been a really good place. It's been a good run. <laughs> However, if we were eventually able to move the offices like into so right. the place in question, by the way, if you've been to the Louisiana Boardwalk, uh, there used to be like a what was it like a comedy bar, bowling alley, something like that. Like, it was like a bar, bar thing. Or just a bar. And like when you walk into the main entrance of the Boardwalk, it's over there in the far left corner next to where the Hilton is. And uh, that building, and then Destiny the... Day Spa next door, could be SK, yeah. and it's just going to be so exciting if you know, God willing, we get this thing going. I think it's going to rally the troops in a really cool way. Like we were talking about, how uh, awesome it is that volunteers are willing to set up and take ownership of the church by mm-hmm. making it happen. And you know, every time they put a tablecloth on the table, they're like, boom. With my hands, like I made this happen, and somebody's gonna enjoy and see this and appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, dude, building a building and like renovating buildings—that's one hundred percent always gonna be like, yeah, I hammered that wall down, and now yeah, it's gonna take a lot of effort too. Though. Oh, it's gonna take yeah. like a huge amount of effort, but it's like one hundred percent, no doubt, the biggest step the Simple Church has ever planned on yeah. taking. So if you have any middle schooler who likes to destroy things. Yes. <laughs> yes. We want them. I'm sure we have a demo day someday. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And if you're, I mean, if you're interested in listening more, I don't think we have all of the info. No, no. <laughs> We're just excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> we don't get to make calls. Yeah. Uh, if you want to listen to a podcast where you can hear more about the financial side and the planning side and the logistical side of uh, actually making the thing happen, the uh, people with the power to do so made a podcast on Backstage with the Simple Church. That's uh, with uh, Bill Allred and Eddie Faith and John and Justin. It's a really good podcast. Give it a listen. And if you're in person. Achoo! Okay. Thank you. That's <laughs> and if a you're in person, like, I, you want to tell them about the, the boardwalk meeting? Yes. We're going to have a boardwalk planning meeting April 30th from 5 to 7. Uh, more information about that is available on Instagram. You can sign up at the the website and just you know say that you're going to be there it's going to be really really awesome and if you uh i think we'll be able to we'll be, be able to stream it yeah it'll be streamable if you're listening from you know another state or overseas or wherever mom you'll be able to listen to it and uh we're just really excited about sharing the vision and uh getting people on board it's gonna be it's gonna take people stepping up to the plate and being like okay i'm serious about the simple church i'm gonna be on board with this relocation you know if this goes through. So this whole move is just hypothetical right now until we get the money to make it happen. But dang, this would be so you and me have been like, you and me are both on the dreamer side. And we're like, dude, we could get like a pickle. First of all, it's really cool because even the prospect of us moving down there has already prompted some businesses to be like, I want to set up shop, you know, right here. And we're going to get business flowing back. But Mayor Tommy Chandler, he actually was visiting for Easter and he made a really cool post about uh, that he's going to partner with us and doing whatever the city can to make that move possible to get us back into Bossier. And uh, just everybody's so excited and so mm-hmm. on board with this thing. It's going to be so cool if it happens. Yeah. Uh, but we've been pl- we've been tr- dreaming about like we're going to have pickleball courts set up, coffee shops. We can get yeah, if, gi- you, if you want a coffee shop down there. Make sure we move down there, and Blake and I will try to make it happen. Oh, dude, one hundred percent. We've already got the branding; like we've been working on it. Yeah, 
It's awesome. You got a Nespresso machine, and we've been like... Yeah, I'm, I've been cooking it up in my office. Bro, Simple Church Office has turned into a straight-up, like, beanery. Tell them about your uh, your name. Well, uh, for those that don't really know, I'm a big Star Wars nerd. If yeah, come, that's a fact ever, about Caleb. That should have been your fact. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever come to the office, come to my office, and I'll make you a good cup of joe. Yeah, that? there you go. Boom. The Black Spire Coffee Company, right? The Black Spire Coffee Company. Yeah, my office just looks like a kleptomaniac cavern. Dude, your office looks like a college dorm. It's like if you... If you put a college dorm and a storage unit together. If you emptied out a college, <laughs> yeah, like a locker yeah. into a... It's like you're about to move out of a dorm. Like an Abercrombie and Fitch because I've got my brick wall and it's always dark and there's candles yeah, lit. I don't know why you have so much stuff in there. Dude, I'm a collector, man. I never had no, a... like you have literally boxes on top of boxes. Hey, dude. I'm a middle school pastor, bro. I don't have... We don't have... Uh, well, we have this storage, I guess, but... <laughs> like, if I'm giving some away, I've got to keep it in my office, man. Don't gaslight okay. me. Okay. <laughs> cool. But if you are interested in learning more about the potential boardwalk move, you can come check that out April 30th from 5 to 7. More information about that and signups are available on the Simple Church website and the Instagram. So you can check that out to get more information. This place... It could be so cool. It'd be like the hub of operations. Uh, we'd be able to work every day of the week at the same place where people come to church. We could work on setting things up and maintaining that progress and keep just growing. The convention center has been so much fun, but I can't imagine a Sunday where we could just show up ready to roll. Like it'd be it'd be ready insane. Um, and then that oh, would give God. us all that more time for volunteers that we could just do yeah. other things, like actually benefit like actively the community. And we have like a bigger space to uh set that tone so it's going to be so exciting uh just leading up to this point where we decide if we're going to do it or not and uh yeah, yeah we want you to be a part of it for sure for sure show up caleb thank you for coming in man this was fun for sure all right everybody this has been that's neat with the simple church thank you very much for listening see you next time bye oh peace how neat is that whoa All right, ready? Yep. It's been recording for two minutes. We've done nothing. nothing. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Evan, you can be cute and like put this at the end or whatever. Cool.